I also would like to welcome you. Happy Mother's Day and Happy Divine Mother's Day as well. (laughs) I'll be reading from Whispers from Eternity. Bless me that I may perceive thee through the windows of all joyous activities. Look upon me and cheer me always as I engage in my daily duties. Let my every action, whether waking, sleeping, or dreaming, be sprayed by the fountain of thy presence. So it's interesting that Swami Kriyananda put the topic as activity versus inner communion, because it really isn't that. And the whole discussion is really about the need to make those one. They need to all be one. So that inner communion is a stream that's constantly flowing behind everything you do. If you meditate, it's there. If you're outwardly serving, it's there. So, and so what do we need to do to actually make this a reality? It just, it just takes practice. It just takes practicing the presence of God, basically. <laughs> But I also, but it's not like it's a straight shot. We do have obstacles in the way that are provided to us by delusion. And I wanted to share with you the wonderful story, which many of you know, but it's a favorite of mine because it demonstrates this obstacle. And this is Vishnu and Narada walking along. So Vishnu is the Lord, he's God. And Narada is a great sage who has realized God. They're walking along together. And uh, so as they walk along, Narada said, well, I know I've realized you, but there's one question that I have. And that is, why do people buy into, why are they so foolish to go for delusion and duality? You know, it just, now that I look back on it, it, it's so simple. Of course you wouldn't do that. And Narada, you know, Vishnu says, hmm, yeah. And they walk on a little bit farther, and they walk into a a desert area. And Vishnu says casually to uh, Narada, he says, oh, I'm, I'm a little thirsty, Narada, and I see that there's a little village over there in the distance. Would you mind walking over there and getting us both some water? And Narada says, oh, absolutely, Lord. And so he starts trudging across the desert to get to this little, this little village. And so he comes there, and he knocks on a door in the village. It's small. Knocks on a door, and the door is opened, and it's a young girl, a young maiden, who is absolutely stunningly beautiful. And there's instant recognition and they, they just look at each other and they're in love, basically. And, uh, and so she invites him in and the water is kind of forgotten at this point. So, and it, it doesn't take long for the water to be forgotten, keep this in mind. So, and so they start talking and the parents are there and, and they're just, they all recognize each other as though they've been together before. And, and so they're just one big, happy family. And so the natural next step is that they get married. 
And so Narada's there and, and he's getting married to this beautiful girl, a fulfillment outwardly, materially of all anything you could imagine. And so they get married and, and uh, he starts a little business in the, commun- in the village there. And, uh, and then they have one child and then another. And then eventually they have a third child after about 12 years have gone by. The basic 12-year cycle. Anyway, so, so they're doing really well. Everything looks wonderful. And then there's a river that flows by the village, and up above in the mountains, all of a sudden, that river becomes a raging torrent. And so it comes down unexpectedly. And we've seen this happen in our country. <laughs> unexpectedly, whew, water comes it takes away the entire village, the home is washed away, they, they're able, the family, to walk out with the clothes on their back. And they're walking through knee-deep water, it's not terrible, but knee-deep. But it's strong. And Narada has, the, the wife is with him, and Narada has the three children, he's holding the hands of the two older ones and the baby on his shoulder, and then he stumbles. And when he stumbles, the baby whoosh, into the water. And immediately, oh! and so he lets go of the other two children and trying to get the baby who is gone. And the kids washed away. And the mother, looking at this, just says, it's, it's too much. I, I can't deal with this. And she just lets the water take her. And then Narada, looking at all of this, everything that he has worked so hard for, for 12 years, is gone in an instant. And he also loses heart. And he lets himself be taken away by the water. And a little time goes by, probably not too long. And uh, and he finds him, he he starts to wake up. and, And he thinks, well, where's all the water? You know, I must have been washed onto a little mound here because there's no water that I can see anywhere. And then he, he looks and there's no water anywhere. It's just all sand. And then he hears a voice. And this voice says, Narada? And he thinks, that voice is really familiar. I, I think I know that voice. And again, the voice says, Narada? And he looks up, and it's Vishnu. And Vishnu just says to him, Narada, I sent you out for water half an hour ago, and here I find you sleeping in the sand. So if you ever wonder how powerful delusion is, this story is told to, fair warning, have very, very careful in dealing with delusion because it is so very delusive (laughs) and powerful and overwhelming and just one little thing oh yes let's knock on that door poof gone for 12 years so anyway just thinking about that and then i thought and then the story of mary and martha because in in that story uh, that episode that happens, Jesus is very strong with Martha. 
I mean, he embarrasses her basically and is very strong about, no, I'm not going to give you any help. You're doing the wrong thing, basically. You are restless and careful, care-filled, Martha. And uh, you, Mary has chosen the important part, the only part that matters. And I will not take her away from that. And I thought, wow, that's really strong. But the reason that he did that, Jesus, is that Martha was a, was a disciple. She was his own. And he, she had so much potential. And he didn't want to see her just get lost in outwardness and restlessness and serving and, you know, this kind of thing. And, and so he really smacked her. And I thought, you know, that's, it's our story. I mean, the reason that I wanted to tell the Narada and Vishnu story is we all face this all the time. The fact that we all are here and online, everywhere, and we're on a path of self-realization is amazing. I mean, in this time, wow, this is a path of liberation. It's something where this is something that can free us forever. And so how do we, how do we go about doing that? You know, what does that look like? Well, I'll tell you, we have a little Xerox copy of a very old book about Brother Lawrence, who was Nicholas Herman, who was practicing the presence of God, that, that uh, monk. And uh, he went through a lot before he got to practicing the presence of God. <laughs> it was not an easy lifetime for him. It was in the 1600s. And uh, he finally, after being a soldier, after doing this work and that work, he finally said, I think I need to be a monk. <laughs> and so he joined this monastery in Paris and stayed there the rest of his life and became the cook. And, but what happened was when he did that, he was at a place finally where he realized that he needed to really commune with God all the time. And so in his very humble way, he was a very humble monk and had a humble position. He wasn't in a leadership role at all. But in his own unique way, he, um, he started to manifest what happens when you do that. And because it was a small monastery, not a huge one, uh, the other brothers started to notice that he was really progressing spiritually. And so they would come to him for, for advice and that kind of thing. But, um, but what, I, what I noticed was that he had to come to a place where he was ready to take that on. And for each of us, I'll just say, in the early years of Ananda here, that was one of the phrases that Swami Kriyananda said to us regularly. Don't forget, because we were, we were building a whole community. I mean, there was nothing here. It was just uh, uh, roads with uh, mud and an old farmhouse. And finally, Swami managed to build the publications building at great you know, resistance to some of the people living here. He built that building, so that was great. 
but, but there was a lot of karma yoga, in other words. There was a lot of manual labor that we all did. And so he would say to us, and, and projects that this really needs to happen, and he would say that to us, this really needs to happen, but he'd say, don't forget, we're here to find God, and that's first. Don't ever forget that. And so that was how I was brought up spiritually, luckily. And, and so that was always there. And we had, at the same time as having all this work to do, we also had Kriya Yoga, and we had meditation every day, twice a day. And so, not, you know, in a, in a group, not everybody does all of that. You know, the groups are groups. But for the core, anybody who wanted to really draw from this path, draw from a direct disciple, Swami Kriyananda, of a great master, Yogananda, then that's what we did. And so we we supported each other, satsang, and helped each other in doing this. But there's no um, just quick fix to practicing the presence of God. You just have to take up the practice, like you would anything. And then you find that what happens when you do that is that you begin to realize that there's a presence there that's bigger than you. And it's, you know, you can say, you can call it whatever you want, but Swami Kriyananda, I noticed, describes this as, he said, as you do this kind of life, if you live in this way more and more, deepening meditation, outward service, but always both with God, knowing that God is the doer in all things, meditation and outward service, there starts to become this expanding awareness of a presence of the divine. And that, it's interesting, I thought, so what, what does that mean? How would you describe that? And I thought, for me, it's, it feels like, like a grounding energy that's expansive. So if you can do this and take up this practice, it will help you to grow spiritually much more quickly. It just accelerates things. And being Divine Mother's Day today, I also wanted to say that um, I've always loved the images of Divine Mother in India, uh, not for just you know, I mean, they're with all the arms, you know, the Divine Mother's here, and then Durga, all the arms are going. But, but what it represents in energy and consciousness, the Divine Mother is responsible for the universe. Om, this is the Divine Mother. And so, and then all those arms are all the activities coming from that center, of which she always has, but all the different things that need to happen and all of that. But there's also always one hand, which is like this, and it's offering, and it's saying to you quietly, mentally, by the way, if you get tired of all this outward activity, I, Divine Mother, can also offer you salvation. And so, that, that's the path that we're on. That's the path. 
The other, that's duality and everything that goes with it and all the, the things that Narada had to face with, you know, going into the little village and forgetting completely God, completely, and God's request to him to get some water, gone. Because duality is so very entertaining and, and, and enticing and <laughs> magnetic. And so for us, we want to take advantage of what the Divine Mother can offer us, and that is salvation, not just pleasure, not just love, yes, but salvation. And I wanted to um, uh, read to you <laughs> what Master said. This was in Jyotisha's most recent blog that came out on Friday, and when I was reading it, I thought, Oh, this is so master, because he's talking about all of the tests that we go through, but in just a very approachable, fun way. You know, yeah, you're going to suffer and all that, but it's okay, don't worry about it. But Yogananda wrote, this is what Jyotish put in his blog, Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda wrote, Teach me to look upon all that happens in my life with a pleased, interested attitude that at the end of each episode, no matter how sad or difficult, I may exclaim, Ah, that was a good show, full of thrills, suspense, and excitement. I am happy to have seen it and I have learned much from it for my own benefit." So Master, you know, he came at the beginning of the 1920s to America, and he brought, you can do it. (laughs) This is a path for, I mean, we're talking liberation. That's not just, most paths, it's not what they're about. But he came with that, incredible dynamic energy and said, you can do this. It's simple. Self-realization, knowing God in all parts of body, mind, and soul, just improve your knowing. Just improve your knowing. And here's the techniques, and here's the attitudes, and here's the way to serve, and here's everything. So for all of us, I would advise now, I won't say advise, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I would suggest that you say, because this lifetime is so incredible. I mean, it's just beyond belief incredible, the opportunity spiritually that we have. And so I would just look at it and say, you know what? I'm going for the light, and I will go as far into that light as I possibly can. I don't know what my karma is. I don't know what's left that I need to deal with. I don't know how far away I am. Maybe looks far away. Everybody thinks they're far away. Nah. So maybe looks far away, but we don't know. We don't know. And so just go with the attitude that Master had. This is an adventure. You know, have fun with it. Open your heart. Be aware of God's presence in every atom of creation because that is the reality. Science knows that, has proved that. It's called energy. 
they're, they're deal, still dealing with consciousness. They haven't quite gotten there yet about consciousness. But, but energy, yes. And so just know that energy flowing through me, that will flowing through me, that consciousness, that, that life flowing through me, well, what, is, what else could it be other than divine? Other than divine. And so go with it. Embrace it. Have fun with it. And know that you're going in the right direction if you begin to feel an expansion of awareness. That you can, I would say, in this time in particular, we may be facing very difficult things that come up. Who knows? We've already had a pandemic and a couple of tsunamis and, you know, just in the last 20 years. So anything is possible. But I would say, you know, that's Divine Mother's realm, that, the creative, the material world. And I would say, center yourself in the Divine Mother and really just say, you know, Divine Mother, this is, this is yours. I don't have control over this, but I will attune to how can I react to it. Not react, but how can I act in a positive way no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, my own karmic tests, but also what's happening in the world around, you know, major events and changes. But, but that's something usually beyond our control. But what we do have control over is how we act in this life and how we feel that divine presence and invite that into us. I'm doing this because you know, we're like magnets, human beings. We have a spine, we have a, a brain that's a thousand-petaled lotus. And we, Master said, Paramahansa Yogananda said, we experience the world around us mainly through feeling. And so be aware, invite that divine, whether it's divine mother, God, in whatever form, but invite that in so that that's the kind of consciousness you're inviting in to flow through you. And you will find that life becomes, as Master said, a real adventure. And you can look at each part of it that comes. You can say, okay, wow, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, but it'll happen. (laughs) It'll work. It will uh, become really a joy and and a great blessing in my life because we all know karma it's ours. If it's coming to us, it's ours. And so we've earned it. We've done something in the past that brought that to us, good or bad or indifferent, whatever. And so we deal with it with energy and in a positive way and with great love and joy and bliss, knowing that God is there with us. You know, Pranaba and I have lived all over the world and traveled and Uh, just lived in many different places and for the most part I've always felt Master with us, Swami with us and so do that, live like that, it's really it's really fun and uh, and will allow you to uh, withstand that groundedness that's grounded in expansive awareness of God's presence that will see you through a lot in a positive way, whether it's your karma or the karma of the world or whatever, it will allow you to know how to act positively.
positively and lovingly in, con- in attunement with the divine. Every morning when I greet the sun, when I move forth through crowded ways, in my heart, Lord, ever so silently, I will always think of thee. In my heart, Lord, ever so silently, I will always think of thee. Oh. 